You can tell your old man you'll do some largemouth fishing another time. You just got too much on your plate to bait and cast a line. You can always put a rain check. All right, all right, all right. Here we go again, two old guys on the back porch. I am Steve Scotch, and as always, we have the lovely and talented cat, that's C-A-T, at the helm of the ship, making sure we stay on course. Cat, give us an update. Hey, how y'all doing? We can be found on Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Podcast, um, Amazon Music, Audible, and Google Podcast. Uh, we're going to shout out two of our listeners today. One is in Gasburg, Virginia. They're in Brunswick County, home of the uh, Lake Gaston Golf Club, right off of Lake Gaston. And the other one is Providence Forge, Virginia, right there in New Kent. Uh, Providence Forge, I found out during colonial times, there was a colonial iron forge that was destroyed by a British general during the Revolutionary War. Giving y'all a big round of applause. Yeah, I know uh, Providence Forge very well. I grew up 20 minutes from there. So uh, there you go. All right, alcohol is encouraged before, during, and after this thing. You know, alcohol, it pretty much makes everything better. I'm just, I'm going to do an experiment today. I'm going to take a shot of bourbon now. Hang on a second. All right, and I'm going to take one like every 10 minutes, and let's see how it goes at the end. Uh, Kat, well, give me some. Are you dragging you off the black porch or what? All right, Kat, what you got? I just got me a little dragonfly with a little. Go back to the dragonflies. A lot of dragonflies out here. Very ginger ale. Mm. We got dragonflies flying around the back porch, and we have them in the glass. It's my favorite insect. If I you can, can tell. Have a... Well, let's, I'll tell you what, let's get a dragonfly tattoo, because it goes right into today's topic, whether to get a tattoo or not. Uh-oh. Okay. Now, we're going to do a little history on the tattoo. I know sometimes history can be boring, but this is actually pretty cool. You know, there's evidence that people were getting tattoos before Christ. Okay, we're talking... Yeah, 3,370 BC. BC. Oh, really? Okay, you have a date. Yes. And right. actually, there's one of the um, Iceman they found, like in the Alps, mm. had a tattoo on him. Wow. Um, the word tattoo comes from the Samoan word, T-A-T-A-U. Okay, they just kind of spell it different. The Samoans, they're big into the art of tattooing. You know who else is big into that? Who? Vikings. Vikings, oh my look. God. I was a big fan of the show Vikings, and I would just be in awe of all the tattooing on there. Yeah, it was all sanitary. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, the Samoans, they're like, we don't need to go to the tattoo shop. Neither did the Vikings. You yeah. know, you do me, I'll do you. Okay. Um, I don't know. Tattoos... They really started out, they weren't looked upon favorably. You know, in the Greek and Roman times, if you had a tattoo, it was because you were a, a criminal or a prisoner of war or a slave. You know, it was like a brand. It was like if somebody saw you with a tattoo, 
it was like stay away from him you know he's a little dodgy now we'll move on to the 1880s and then you see men and women tattooed from head to toe showing up at the circus they were part of the the freak show freak show yeah yeah um pirates like tattoos don't they true in the 1910-1920s, tattoos became popular among sailors. And then it's, here's a funny story. In the 1930s, people started getting social security numbers. And they were told this was very important to keep know that number. Right. So people would get it tattooed on them. Yeah, but there were tattoos that Hitler gave. You didn't want those either. Yeah, true. But I don't know. I guess the Social Security ones, I guess they didn't have identity theft back then. Oh, God. Okay. Don't even start. All right. Then we get to the 40s. Then it really takes off with this guy named Norman Keith Collins, who started adding colors to tattoos. And he created the Sailor Jerry style, is what they called, which people still get to this day. It's like the nautical military stuff right you know like an anchor skull and crossbones ships daggers stuff like that i want to say i remember i had an an uncle who had one of those anchor tattoos he i know um a lot some of my relatives were in the military back <clears throat> back in those days because well basically they didn't have a choice you got drafted right. back then and i do remember i had an uncle that had one of those anchor tattoos all right, then we get into the 1970s, and that's when tattoos started becoming more accepted. Um, I didn't know. That's when the whole arm sleeve started. Really? Was in the, in the 70s? Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, it seems a bit much to me. I know now it seems to be, last couple of years, right. there's a lot of that going on, but. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, and then, of course, airtime was the 80s and the 90s. Remember, everybody was getting a tattoo. Yeah. Grandma was going to get a little butterfly on her ankle. Right. I mean, everybody was doing it. And um, and actually, I went and got one. Um, I just got like a sundial on my back. And I think I did it just because everybody was doing it. Well, but, we were older when we did it, too. Yeah. I guess upper 30s or something. No, we turned 40. We both got it. Oh, maybe it was a midlife crisis. It's a midlife thing. crisis situation. I just remember I left the house that night by myself, and uh, I went to a strip club, and oh, I had a few great. beers. I didn't know all this. I had a few beers and went to River City Tattoo on the boulevard, and I just went in there and picked. I mean, I figured if I was going to be a heathen, why not go all the way and, you know, to the strip club, drink. Do all the things you're not supposed to do before you go get a tattoo. I do remember that thing hurt like hell. The guy was like, you know, just relax. I'm like, well, I've never had a needle digging in my back before, but anyway. You're not really one for relaxing either. All right, forget me. Here's where we're going. Uh-uh. The wifey's tattoo experience was awesome. It was not. Not for her, but for me. Okay, so we're just riding around on Route 17. And if you're going to get a tattoo, make sure you go to Gloucester, Virginia. Do not. With a little strippy mall 
where the bikers hang oh out. Oh my god! Okay, this thing was awesome. So, why I believe you're telling the story. Why we got the tram station? At my request, of course. And it's still, it's I like it. All right, so we. Go I was in. I was big into Lord of the Rings. It was called Lord of the Rings esque, and okay. that's how I picked it. Okay, so you know where the tram stamp goes. I assume we won't get into that. So wifey's she she was a trooper through this thing. There was nobody there. We walk in there. The guy was very nice. It seemed somewhat clean. It didn't smell bad in there. So we went in there, and she goes back there and hikes it up, you know. So I'm just sitting there waiting. No big deal. I'm not going back there inspecting or, you know, nothing. It was all legit. Well, then it comes this dude on a motorcycle. He pulls up, comes on in. You know, biker dude. But he was totally cool. He just comes in and goes straight back to the back because he's friends with the tattoo guy. And of he's course. just standing there while my wife's ass is hanging up in the in the air, and dude's drawing his picture on the back. <laughs> and she's like ready to die. Like, who is this guy? And why is he in it? And it, again, they were just talking about the weather, and they're gonna go fishing tomorrow. And wifey's like, oh my god, it was awesome. But anyway, we got her done. That's the most important thing. Um, you know, again, the tattoo—it's your choice. Do whatever. It just the the ones on the neck, yeah, in the face. It's the placement. And, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I, for, I don't get how after you've run out of all the other places to tattoo, you go for the neck. I, I because know. I mean, if you wear a collared shirt, that's what you see. That's all you see. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's just glaring. Um, sometimes you dislike the upper thigh in females. Well. I was working downtown quite a bit the last few years, and I noticed the 20-somethings, and, and it actually wasn't just females, it was guys too, you know, summertime, you got your shorts on, they're putting it, like you said, I think, on the on the thigh, and maybe on the calf, on the leg, and it just, you, you can't tell what it is, you know, unless you get right up to it, it just, it looks... You know, it's it's your legs, okay? Right. Just leave it alone. I mean, it, it looks so lame. I don't know. Um, again, it, it's your own body. Tattoo the thing from head to tail. It, it's it's yours. It just there's just some on females that I think are a little more delicate, like maybe on the arm. Like my niece has the magnolia on the arm, and right well, behind the, the nape of the neck or on your yeah. shoulder, Tattoos. or the little ones down by your ankle. They can be sexy. Yeah. Let's be real. They yeah. can, if there's proper placement, you know, they can be a little attractive. But, um, you know, I think some people get addicted to it. Yeah. And they just keep I mean, going and going. I love Pete Davidson. I don't know. It just, after a while, it just looks like ick. I mean, I like... And how long into a relationship do you put the tattoo on if you're a tattoo guy? Well, that's the thing. I think they're good at removing them now. Yeah. You know, I just put I love Tammy across here, and then Tammy told me to beat it. And, like, what am I going to do? that, or they'll put a design over top of that. Yeah. All right. There you go. Tomorrow, if you're doing nothing, go spend 200 bucks and go get a tattoo. All right. We're going to roll right into one tough son of a bitch. All right. This week... It's it's a group of people. 
and we're not trying to bring everybody down. It, it's the passengers of flight 93. Okay. Now, if you don't know this story, you need to know it. Okay. It was September 11, 2001. All right. There was only 37 passengers on this Boeing 757. Seven crew members. And of the 37 passengers, there was four dirty bastards from Al-Qaeda, you know, which is basically a band of pieces of shit losers is what they are. Now, 45 minutes into the flight that was going, I believe, from Jersey to California. Yes, just San Francisco. Okay, the hitchhikers take control of the plane. Now, one of these towelheads supposedly knew how to fly the plane. So... While this is going on, the passengers are getting info on their phones about the other planes that have crashed into the World Trade Center. And I I think the other one's near the Pentagon, right? right? All right. So these passengers, they look around and they say, fuck it. This is a suicide hijacking. Let's fight back. Okay. Now... The the plane, it was probably bound for New York, D.C. Hell, they could have been... Yeah, they're saying that it was probably going to be the targeted to the U.S. Capitol building. Okay. Hell, it could have been targeted for Richmond. Yeah. I, I don't know. But because the passengers took a boat and decided to fight back, think of all the lives they saved, right? The passengers of Flight 93 tried to break into the cockpit, okay, and take control back of the plane. And, uh, you know, they must have been close to, to getting that, to breaking that door down, because that loser, them punk bitches who took that plane over, remember, he just crashed it into some random field right. in Pennsylvania. Right. Because they, I think they were close to taking, to trying to get control back of the plane. So that's why the passengers... Of flight 93 are some one tough son of a bitch. All right. All right. Today, we're doing what, what you watching. Yeah. Uh, this week we're doing Holy Moly. It's in its fourth season. It's hosted by Rod Riggle and Joe Testerhor. It's a great uh, mini golf with obstacle courses. It's a family show. I, I enjoy watching it. It's putt putt. It's putt putt on steroids. On, okay. We have a game show on primetime on Channel 8 playing putt putt. Okay. Some That's of the holes. Television is gone. Some of the holes have a double entendre like the Big Pecker, Uranus hole. The Big Pecker, you have to jump off of this thing and jump on this big woodpecker. Pecker, and you can't. <laughs> and grab the feather on top to I don't know. Um Steph Curry's making a lot of money. I don't it. know how he's made he's just there for like a minute or two. Wouldn't he like the executive producer, producer right, right, right. There was one hole, I mean, that was called the Dragon's Breath. And the contestants had to wear fireproof armor and putt putt while like flamethrowers were coming out of these dragons. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, I don't know. I enjoy watching it. Sometimes they make some of the contestants seem like um, 
pro wrestlers because they have like a personality. They take my ass whooping on there too. Oh, they I know. Physical beatdown. Yeah, I mean, but, um, I love to see the contracts you got assigned to get on this show. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna let you slide on that one. Okay. okay. It's it's summertime <laughs> entertainment. Okay. It's a fun fun game and uh, whatever they try to be funny. It's whatever we'll let it go. All right. So there's your uh, what you're watching because evidently I enjoy it. There's not much to watch. <laughs> All right. Let's roll into cocktail of the week. This is an old classic, the Tom Collins. Very easy. It's very good. Um, it's a classic. I do like this drink. It's, it's sort of like a. It's like a spiked lemonade. Right, right. now, <clears throat> excuse me. They do have Tom Collins mix, right? Right. But we're not going to go the cheap way. No, no, no. no, no. You, you can do it with the Collins mix. There's nothing wrong with that. But but do it like this, okay? Add all these ingredients into your cocktail glass with ice. That's how easy it is. You have two ounces of gin, and again, we keep telling you top shelf gin. The other liquors, it doesn't matter. Gin, gin is a little rough. Money. The juniper berry is a little rough. You got to go Hendrix or Bombay Sapphire. Am I wrong? Good, good suggestion. Okay, all right. Then Tangeray. Tangeray. Tangeray is a good classic gin. It's, no it's with my starter. Yes, Tangeray is is a good one. All right, two ounces of gin, one ounce of lemon juice, a half ounce of simple syrup. Put those in your glass, stir it with your finger, and just dash a club soda on top, and bam, Tom Collins. Am I right? Right. It's pretty much like the vodka soda. And you know, the origin of this is is old. It's, It's an old joke back in New York in 18... 74, a group of friends began telling people in bars that a man came, named Tom Collins was walking around the city telling falsehoods about them. <laughs> so that's All right. where it started. <clears throat> I think they were drunk. I think they were drunk. Anyway, but that's where the drink came from. It, again, if, if you're trying to pick your own cocktail to start off with, th- this is a good starter drink. I mean, um, you think about it, you've got the gin, which has a little bite to it. But you got the lemon juice and the simple syrup in there to cut it down. This to me would be the gin version of a lot of people do vodka and soda. This is like the True. this is like the gin version of that. Right. All right, give it a try. All right, today we were bumpered in with a little country music. Um, he's on the radio now, which is usually a no for me. But I, I like this guy, Cody Johnson. Um, the song's Till You Can't. It's a really great song. Um, 34 years old from, I can't say it, Sebastopol, Texas. It's sort of like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cody. Another dude who knew what he was made to do right out the gate. Um, the first song I found by this guy was called Dear Rodeo. And it's just, I like his lyrics. He's very honest. He, He tells a story. Um, he got big in Texas and uh, took it from there. Again, today we bumpered in with two you can't. He he like had a record in Texas. Like, okay, he was at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. 
Yeah, and being in history, the most first unsigned independent artists be sold out. Well, again, if you listen to this song, Dear Rodeo, mm -hmm. it's a kick-ass song. And then at the end of it, there's like a three-minute guitar solo. Right. It's not like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, lead, whatever. Right. And I'm sure, you know, if he was on the rodeo circuit, that song was probably big time. Um. Again, the song Till You Can't, I just, I listen to the lyrics, very powerful song, powerful song. It, it goes pretty much with my mantra, you know, never waste a day. That That's what that song is all about. Check out Cody Johnson, wherever you get your music. We want to thank everybody for listening. We want to thank Kat for everything she does. And we will see y'all down the road. See ya. You got a chance, take it, take it while you got a chance. If you got a dream, chase it, cause a dream won't chase you back. If you're going